can't be throwing off those cuts, you know? Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Bring the energy. Bring the action. Where am I supposed to look? Like Kind of like this. Okay. Like a slight turn. There you go. Looks like just you know two buddies hanging out, kind of to the right, look to your trying left, to, trying to make sure that we're uh, going to be locked in for this fifty dollar bet here. Ooh, this might be tough. It might just be a viewing party with <laughs> the boys here on the third <laughs> quarter. Yeah, it might be. Commercial break in progress. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Heyo, welcome back to the cabbage. I'm your boy Tommy Swain. To my right. Or your left, Andrew Witt. Hey, what up? We're back. We have a new angle here for you folks on Instagram. I hope you like it. We're going more direct here. We're going to check it out here. You know, we gotta, we got to shake it up, do something new here. Shaking it up. It's um, it's uh, one of the themes of the week for me has been um, switching it up and, like, trying new things. I love it. You feel like what, you What else have you been kind of switching up a little bit? Just, like, these daily goals. I have each week I write something new down. So it's trying to, like, try something new. In my process to figure out if it's more efficient or not. Um, just like things like that. And also my sales job, you constantly have to try something new. There's never just like resting on your laurels. Um, at least in the type of sales job I'm in, it's so hard to. You on it. Resting on your laurels. What is What the heck is that? It's just like resting on your like. Um, your consistency? Yeah. Like you're like just. You're, you're like you're same old? Yeah. You're not going to walk up to the girl at the bar and and, and, same, and say the same pickup line and, and, and have it work miserably. every time. Yeah, 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 you know, like it, it might work one time, and then the next five times it never works. But for me, it never worked at the bar. What's the, uh, remember the league? Yeah, and I do on, remember the and show. On, and Andre. What a, yeah. what a great show, by the way. That was I mean, one of your favorites. Yeah, you know, it, that one, we could take a little quick trip down memory lane. We would go and watch the league. I believe it was on like Wednesdays or Thursdays. Uh-huh. And we'd have her like recorded. We'd like rush home back to your like mom's place, watch the league, eat like Sour Patch Kids, sat in, oh. like sunflower seeds, and maybe a Smuckers, and then go play volleyball. <laughs> oh <laughs> volleyball man, then go play volleyball. Was so great. <laughs> it's so good. I would win pretty easily too. But it, it was like that Andre scene where he's like picking up the girls like at the bar where he's like doing like the. Oh, honey, mm-hmm. you know, like all that, like you poor, poor girl, like those right. pickup lines. I get it. You got to shake it up a little bit. You Have you heard? Say, the, you can't like send the same email over and over again at work. Have you ever heard of negging? Yeah, yeah, the neg. Yeah, yeah, that's also in there too. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't even try to do that to be honest to somebody, like on purpose. It wouldn't look good on you. No, <laughs> it would look bad. <laughs> it would not look good on me. I don't know how to do that. You um, trying to like disrespect someone is just out outlandish for you in the first place, and then doing it to go and pick up someone, or like doing it like in a semi joking fashion. I feel like I would go too harsh. It would come across. I would I come too deep. Yeah, maybe the <laughs> the delivery might not quite be there. Yeah, I'd be like, huh? Right? It's you like, are fat though. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like, what? You know what you could do? You're 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 pretty good at nagging yourself though. Oh, I'm great at nagging myself. So then myself. you could do a little banter back and forth. Maybe that's how you play it. There you go. 
with my wife go around just insulting <laughs> her all day. <laughs> I'm, ne- I'm trying this new thing to pick up my wife. I'm negging her. <laughs> <laughs> so far, not going so, so well. Uh, so far, not so great. Boys in the dog cage right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> just go around just insulting your wife. Yeah. Like, God, do you know how to pick up anything correctly? <laughs> so when we hang, when we hanging out later, um, Look, this was your choice. You chose me. Right. <laughs> I always say that to her when I go, I'm going crazy, or I drop a bunch of things, or I break something by accident. Yeah. She, I'm like, you, you chose to date someone who's six five and clumsy. That was on you. Right. Yeah. You know. Like I saw that. I saw this one post on Instagram, and it like cut to the core, and I was like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. And it was this one post where it was like, you can't get mad at your partner's decisions ever, because she chose you as a partner or that's or that's not y- believing in yourself or whatever and then oh she's like, like this, got you i'm like whoa got okay. you like 1 a.m right, in, right, in a, in a right. circle and you're like okay i guess i, I guess, guess you got true. me there that's true to a point <laughs> i gotta always see the other side of it right maybe i might think it's a little outlandish sure always gotta see the other side of it i think that's like another thing i've been trying to do more too for sure it's just like when we're in something, I'm trying my best not to be so stubborn. Because I always think I'm right. I mean, I, I'm never in an argument coming from a place I'm wrong. Right. Your boy's ready to back down. Right. I'm always coming from a place of I'm right and you're right. So let's try to find the middle ground. But, like, you know, I'm, like, kind of, like, trying to find a middle ground. So i just uh, been trying to understand. Just be lazier. Just yeah. agree with the other side. <laughs> I get that. And, you know, like, you're right. Because there's just, I've been trying to be better at choosing my battles, I think, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. too. Like, f- choosing what I could, should care about in that moment. And when you're triggered, everything matters. When you're already having a bad day and, like, something, you know, one person says to you, like, matters a lot more. So I always try to take it in my, like, headspace. Like, do I really care about this? You know, like, in, like yeah. is it worth me bringing it up? You know, most of the time it's not, you know, and uh, you just got to learn how to roll with those punches, which is, you know, it can be tough. It's a good side. It's a good, good way of listening and just trying to see the other side, too. Totally. Um, But my weekend was overall pretty boring. We didn't do very much. Just watched a bunch of football and uh, we watched a lot of the Eagles doing the tush push or the brotherly shove. Yeah. I mean, what, what great names right there. Great names. I w- hot topic right now for it would be: Do you think the play should be under review and and banned and banned? What, where where do you stand on this? I think it's a great play, and I don't think it should be banned. I'll just come out right away and say it. And my reasoning behind it is pretty simple: is that there's nowhere in the rule book that you said that you can't do that. So let's say that there's a running back running downfield, and he gets lit up and is stood up by the linebacker in the hole, or let's call it three yards down the line of scrimmage. Does that mean you're outlawing out, uh, offensive linemen pushing the running back downfield? Because you ha- you'd have to go into it at that certain extent. Right, because now the push, because the pushing thing, I, I don't know if it was that way for professional, but in college, you couldn't push the quarterback, couldn't push the running back, and it actually, like, was a huge controversy. USC did it a while back, and like that was a push. You sh- oh, can't push him. I didn't know that. 
So I is it always been that you've been able to push people in the pros? I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, as, as far as I remember, I'm not obviously like any rule specialist, but from what I can remember, yeah, it's always been legal. Yeah, because back in the day in college, it wasn't. So, yeah, I personally think it's totally fine. And my reasoning behind it is a little different than yours. They're 93% successful, and the rest of the league is 80-something. Like, that means they're just not as good as it as this other team right. is. And that's not their fault for being better at a play. It'd be like telling like the Miami Dolphins they got to stop running like slant routes. Right. So you, that you, works 85% of the time for you guys with Tyreek Hill. You can't run more than 21 and a half miles an hour on the field. Because no one else. You know, that's not like I get it. It's like a cheap play. play so your, but, figure, it's, but it's play to your strengths. Yeah, figure how to beat it. Right. Go, go sign a big fat man like a 400-pound dude to play the Eagles and just clock the hole with them <laughs> on the fourth sure. and ones. Sure. You know they're going to they – know 92% of the time they're going to quarterback sneak. I know a big old fat nose guard right in front of them. You get a Vince, uh, Vince Wilfork big, yeah, big dog. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We need a big, big dog to get in there and light some of these dudes up. And I know it's kind of unfair because their quarterback like squats 400 pounds. Right. But you, again – to your point, you still need to have the personnel to do it. You still need to have a really athletic running back and fullback and a quarterback that also can like squat 600-plus pounds right? and a really in-tune offensive line. Their offensive line doesn't get enough credit. Well, I take that back. It's been getting more credit this year, actually, and, and people are talking about the offensive lines more than ever, which is fantastic. I love that. I think it's more because of the whole uh, Jason Kelsey being such a big story yeah but you still gotta have the personnel to actually pull off that play so right. like, jason kelsey is like one of the best centers of all time yeah he's arguably getting up there and just understands it perfectly and how to do it and he's an extremely extremely fast snapper of the football mm -hmm. he really gets that thing back there quick so he usually can get the first step but i don't think it's unfair and if you want to stop him don't again the one yard line there you go. Stop him before that. Yeah, stop him before the one-yard line. Sure. I don't know. It just seems like it's a ridiculous ass to cancel a play. And, like, now if you want to stop somebody. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you want to cancel or forbid those actions because of health reasons, people right. are getting injured, that's a whole different story. Now we can obviously, because the NFL, the whole script for the last five to six years is about looking out for the betterment of the players and the health and this and that. There also couldn't be any more injuries, I feel like. It's just, it's it's just, just riddled, it's with, injury. riddled with injuries this year. And it, you know what? And it's They're doing everything they possibly can, and it, that's great, and I get that. You know, there's going to be drawbacks on concussions versus blown out knees. People, I feel like, are getting a little bit maybe less concussions because they're leading less with the crown, but they're also going lower. Right. So that's why there's more knee injuries. And so it's kind of like the same thing. I feel like you're going to have some sort of drawback. And if you want to outlaw it because of injuries, totally fine. People are going to find another cheat code play right. elsewhere. And you don't think that like the like the Eagles will be like pretty successful in just hanging the ball off as well? Like and just knowing like some short fieldage fullback yeah. thing. Like they're gonna do that just they're gonna do it well. Maybe not as well as ninety seven percent, but it's still gonna be. 80, 85, 87% play from them just yeah, handing it off. Totally. 
or like I I don't know. It just seems very strange to me that you would. It seems like a cry to that place. Yeah, it seems like a cry for help. And it's like I the, can't figure it out. This should just be banned. It's not football. It's rugby. It's like yeah, well, then you got outlaw Australian punters too because they're all <laughs> on, you know. Dude, they are making a tear. They are through killing the, through they, the college scene right now. And there's a couple pro punters who are just hitting balls unreal right now. Yeah, it's 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 pretty nuts. It's just because they're used to drop kicking for the or like I forget what it's like the Australian football league they call it, where they essentially just punt and chase out to the ball the whole time, mm. punt and chase, punt and chase. It's like what every player does, hmm. and so they all drop it like a punt, and they all try to have it land on the flat side of the ball, and uh, and they just like do it like their whole childhood is mm. just punt punt balls so no wonder they're really good at it something we wanted to talk about that we didn't bring up last podcast was injuries in football and the increasing of them yeah um we, we talked about it a little bit and then we took a little detour with the aaron Rodgers route oh that's right yeah i just feel like just you mentioned it and i feel like we maybe harp on it again was yeah i agree i'm with you I just feel like injuries are doubled, tripled, and I don't understand if it's because the way people are tackling one now, for sure they're not headhunting anymore, and that was like the big hit you wanted to lay on somebody was like hitting them, you know, near the head mm-hmm. and taking them out, like hitting them on the upper body and just fully leveling them was like a huge deal. And obviously concussions are way worse than what we ever imagined back then, so we can't do that anymore. I think you'd rather tear every ligament in your knee than have like a really, really bad concussion. Yeah, I mean, as obviously, yeah, I would hate to have either of those things. Right, but if you're talking like you had continuous knee injuries, you would rather take that over than like I'm losing my mental health than continuous concussions. Yeah, like you can right now the way like like kind of brought the Aaron Rodgers thing. The the medicine right now is so good that like no doubt people are going to come back from that rather than uh, like a really bad concussion could put you out <laughs> i really know it could yeah, i think a lot of it was um when some of the athletes over the last five to ten years have been like committing suicide you know or and have, been, and have been like very open um you know about just they they would get a concussion they would go back in the game because there was no Sort of, um, you know, awareness of it. Yeah, there was no awareness of restriction. You just got your bell rung. Was a lot of it. Um, I yeah. also have and people would laugh at it in, in high school and stuff like that. I remember, I just remember going through high school and like comparing like nicks and like cracks and stuff like and scratches on your helmet, right? And being like, those are like battle scars. I mean, like we played like low level high school vo- like football, but right. like we would still get up about that because that's what everyone wanted to do. Obviously, it's so funny that people used to do that. Yeah. Mark Martindale's helmet was effed up. Yeah, it was just all gashed up, dude. Oh, my God. I remember Mark's helmet. I was like, dude, this is crazy looking. And you'd be like, they weren't great helmets either. They weren't full of pads. Or no, they they're, like, they're, oh, no, they're, they're nowhere near what the pros are wearing. Yeah, they're okay helmets. Uh, pros are basically running around with, like, marshmallows on their <laughs> like <laughs> On the inside with, like, yeah. a hard shell. He's still getting a ton of concussions. They should wear those, like, helmet, like the hats over their helmets, yeah, I, too. Yeah, I, I know. They start wearing those in practice. They should just wear them in the games. I wonder how heavy those actually are and if they make that much of a difference. Probably. It obviously doesn't look great as a uniform, but if they're truly worried about, like, concussions and injuries, you should probably, probably think about wearing those if it makes that much of a difference. Totally. I feel like also the part of the injury thing 
is that people are just so much more athletic nowadays. Yeah. I don't think the human body can really keep up with what or what some of these athletes are doing. I agree. Like I think some that's of these, the case too. Some some of these dudes are just like you can't you physically shouldn't be that big and running this fast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, a, like an ACL isn't like that much different compared to a lot of people. Like my ACL compared to your ACL isn't like a significant, significant enough difference. Yeah, it's the same for you to be like you can support that weight. Like it just doesn't make sense to me when there's guys like me who weigh the, my current weight and muscle and are and are running like four sevens. Yeah, like, not a lot of linemen do that. A lot of linemen run four sevens, four eights, and they're five my O's, size, five O's, you know, maybe heavier than me. And when I was my fastest, I ran like a four seven. That's flying. It's pretty fast. You're flying. And you then were... the, these dudes are six five, three ten, running four eights, four nines. That's a big dog coming downhill, <laughs> yeah. moving quick. You, you're, there's gonna be more injuries to your knees, your ankles. Like you're just. You're you are a stronger human being, but a tendon is only so strong. Your yeah. tendon compared to my tendon isn't like the the strength of it isn't that much yeah. different. And I don't know, maybe it's the you know, we did maybe touch on the turf field versus grass. Maybe that's maybe that is something that they can look at. I don't know. I think it just really is is also just it's the it's the lack of targeting in the game now. And where people are now hitting each other. So maybe there's less concussions, but they are hitting a little bit lower. Yeah, causing would, those injuries. And, and the so, ACL injuries are just like like candy. Just saw somebody else get carted off in the foot, you know. And they're the, popping uh, up all over the place. I feel like I can't watch a football game without seeing someone like seriously injured, caught, like carted off the field. Yeah, and I don't remember it being that way when I was a kid. Do you? I remember like no. someone like really tearing the ACL and being like, "Oh, dude, it's over for them." Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't remember it happening that often. And so it's just kind of, I don't know. I think it's just something that is just changing a little bit. Where right. like they're hitting lower, people are, were playing through concussions maybe when we were growing up. Um, because I just certainly remember just there being less injuries and less injuries being talked about. And so maybe those injuries were probably just like concussions. Yeah. Or maybe I just didn't pay that much attention to it. Yeah, because you're like, whatever, he'll be fine. Because you're like, everything's fine at that age. And now right. you're watching, you're like, dude, this guy. Is effed up. Yeah, I get tackled once like that. I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know. If I, I don't know if I'd be okay. Well, one of that. those big dogs lay on your ankle when your ankle's going one way and the other one's going the other way. And oh they lay God, on your ankle. they lay on your ankle so hard you have to like fall over with Twist it backwards and do this weird contortionist move. Yeah, you have to try to save your ankle from being snapped under like a 320 pound lineman. I just, I just see like dudes like face mask getting hit. You know, like in someone like they are ramming their face mask into the other dude's like hand because they're holding the football. And I'm like, dude, that looks painful. Yeah, just that alone is tough. Or someone steps on me in the pile. Oh, and you just got bodies on you. You got like thousands of thousands of pounds on you. <laughs> I know. I know. So I think it really just comes down to just, again, the speed. I think it's maybe the speed of play. Maybe it's the grass. Maybe it's the turf. Maybe it's the targeting versus the lower hits. I think maybe it's a little combo of everything, but it does seem like it's more prevalent than ever before. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, something else that's really prevalent in the uh, college football scene right now is uh, flexing on people and the NIL deals that are getting passed around. Yeah. One thing I, th- I wanted your opinion on as well because I found it weird was 
uh, Sidori. Shador. I, I think it's pronounced Shador. Shador Sanders mm-hmm. is wearing uh, a Rolex or a watch, a really expensive one, decked out, and is flexing it at the uh, ASU crowd. Mm-hmm. And just show after a squeak out win against not a great team, is just flexing the watch. I don't know what you think of that. It just wasn't a gr- I didn't love it. It makes sense because of who his dad, you know, who his dad is, Deion Sanders, like one of the flashiest NFL players of all time, but just not a great, great look. Yeah, I agree. It's the stuff that like teams and people kind of bank on you doing to build some sort of rapport with to like beat you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like that team is going to think about you. All next year, the next team that plays you is going to show a video of you doing that. It's just something. It's just adding fuel to the fire for other teams. I feel, but also kind of a cool flex. It is a cool flex. Now I don't but know if he's wearing that watch during the game. I don't think so. I think he threw that thing on and then went, went over there over and flexed there. on him. Yeah, here's here's a stance. I don't think that you should be throwing around that that kind of cash like that in that kind of way. It it is a cool flex. Right, he's getting a ton of nil money because we were talking about that last week. I think he's getting like two and a half million this year or something like that. Right. Yeah, he's getting a lot of cash. I just think it's a weird flex and a weird thing to do. Yeah, it's like you know you could have just gone over there and flexed on him that way, but to bring the watch, I mean, it's just the type of style it is now. Like I don't really. I don't have a problem with him doing it. The problem for me is like you're just adding more to the fire for other teams. Like you're just you know like what the great about the Patriots back in the day when Tom Brady and those guys were doing it, like they gave nothing to the opponent. Mm-hmm. They gave them like no fuel to want to beat them more than they already had. And I think, you know, over there in Colorado, they have plenty of reason for people to want to beat them. Adding adding fuel to the fire in that way isn't gonna help anything. Because you need, like, they're not a stellar football team. They're a good football team. But they're going to need, like, that extra little oomph. And people playing harder against them is just going to be tougher for them, you know? Sure. So. And it's just also, I think it's weird, too, was was also just, uh, like, the opponent that they were playing. And it's, it's like. It's not a great team. And it's no disrespect to the. Uh, ASU crowd. To the ASU crowd. As much love goes out to them. I know uh, Uncle Bob over there. Big Uncle Bob. Big Alum- you know the alumni over there playing a little tight end, but yeah, I, I just you know just it's the fact of the matter is they're not that great, and they were a favorite, and for him to just like go in there and to just like flex a Rolex watch, let's call it, right in front of the crowd, I I just think that's just kind of like a little bit of a low move in just in general, and it, I like maybe look at it through like the player's eyes. Do you want people to be see like perceive yourself as such? Right, and you know, and that's not me. So it just comes across as very showboaty and braggy, right. but also just in the wrong in the wrong context. Like, yeah, you have money. Like, maybe that's maybe that's dad's money. Yeah, if he didn't have an nil like deal. Right. You know, like I I just think that's a little strange. It's just not. Well. It's just not your style. To like Fle- flex your football right. skills. Go celebrate with your teammates. Go crazy. Go do a little mocking dance in front of the crowd. 
yeah, with the, your teammates. The no, flexing of the the money is just like also they're all college kids because like in in reality you're not like they're like cool dude <laughs> like like you know what I mean it wasn't like uh you're flexing on a bunch of poor college like most of them are poor college kids right so you maybe know. that maybe that's why it's a, he thinks it's a bigger flex yeah I think maybe it was a little controversy maybe not a lot of people are talking about it but I think it's very valid because I when I saw that it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it wasn't like the best wasn't the best thing, but you know, one thing I wish uh, you know, yeah, maybe someone did differently, showed a little flex was Caleb Williams at the end of the USC game. Um, just a grind out game and he looks like he's just he looks he's that guy. I don't yeah, Caleb Williams just looks like he's playing a video game against a bunch of children out he there really at is. the time. I don't this is actually probably the first year that I've gotten a little bit more into college football is, you know, watching a wider variety of, of games and teams and following more prospects. I think one has to do with actually with the, with the dynasty team. Oh, the dynasty team's great. Cause I'm actually way, way more interested in the top prospects in college. And now it gets me to actually watch some more of these college programs. Right. Cause you, you can also kind of care in the football is just a little bit more, uh, highlighty and fun it is more big plays bigger breaks on defense where nfl is just people are just so locked in there's checks on top of checks and you know these players have been in the program for five or six years and they're already professionals and they already understand the lingo because the lingo changes somewhat through each team but it's mainly the the way you call the play Mm -hmm. but you understand the concept of what you're doing so Once you start picking up like the pro football level of talk for you know that type of stuff, I feel like translating to a new locker room isn't as tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, USC squeaked it out against the Wildcats, a team they should have destroyed. But in classic USC fashion, there's always that one team that is ready to ruin our season, and it's always like Stanford is a big season ruiner for us. Um, UCLA U- loves to stomp on our chances. Utah sometimes. Utah for sure. Um, those are the big ones. Arizona we usually handle. And, you know, sometimes in the past we haven't, but this one I was a little scared for because this is right about where we start to take the foot off the gas a bit. And uh, it was a little scary because they had a chance to win it as well. Then they drop a touchdown pass, and then they also like fumbled a, a oh, they snap. snapped it they snapped it super yeah, high i went to the bathroom and it was like okay cool we're gonna kick the field goal we'll be winning the game no problem we're up because it was a little chip shot we were on like the two yard right line. we'd be up by like we'd be up by three with right with i think it was maybe 15 to 30 seconds left in the game it was you know whatever it was gg at that point um and he like they whiff the snap. The guy drops it. We like try to pooch kick it and just blow it. So that was fun to watch. And then you know overtime is a nail biter. USC squeaks out a touchdown the first OT. Arizona does like two play on a bomb tutty. Mm-hmm. You're like, dude, that's not what you want to see. Everything because the, mo- the momentum was fully going to Arizona's side, right? And it's just the last thing you want to see is like going to overtime on a. A play that you should have won already. You squeak out a touchdown in overtime. You're like, wow, we might just change the momentum. Two plays in, they throw a bomb touchdown. You're like, dude, 
Oh, no. Here we go. Overtime number two, USC, another touchdown thanks to Caleb Williams. I think it's like fourth and whatever, two or something, fourth and three. Is that also when he um, – did that scramble play? Yeah, and, and, and they had like nothing. They rolled running, out. Yeah, rolled out to his right. Went for two. Roll out went for two. That's right. Rolled out to his right with two linemen. I hated the play call, and forced him on the right side of the field, mm-hmm. and legitimately scores a touchdown. A little shake and bake out of nothing. Right. It seemed like, I'm like, dude, he's gonna have to jump for the pylon if he wants a chance. Shakes the first defender, freezes the second one. Dude has no clue what's happening, and just. Reaches over the pylon, touchdown, like nothing ever happened. It was a really cold touchdown, like he didn't even get touched. Right, and then we end up, you know, um, then they end up scoring. We get the first, you know, because by third overtime, it's just two-point conversions back mm-hmm. and forth. First one I to love make that it. concept. It's I fun. love it. I think it's great. And then we, you know, get one, and they get stopped immediately. And it was just like, holy moly, that was... That was, w- that was way, way, way too close for them. And um, going on your topic a little bit of, of how good Caleb Williams is, I dude, he, the dude can play. The dude can play. He's going to come in, and whatever team that he goes on, he's going to have no issue upgrading them to at least a 500 team. If he you goes first, so? yeah, if he goes first overall. I don't know if it's going to – it's so hard because this is a great segue topic too. I don't know if his game translates to the pros. He looks like Patrick Mahomes. He looks like Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. In my, in my eyes when I watch him play. Yeah, because you can never tell with a running quarterback. Like, they're either going to be too runny and it's like doesn't translate, or... He doesn't look to run, though, ever. He looks to always pass, and then we'll... Then take off if he needs his, to. His pocket presence and maneuverability alone and shifting through the tight spaces and his ability to keep his eyes down the field and then make awkward body position throws mm-hmm. is is pretty is is pretty spectacular and it's you can't really teach that you can practice it but for someone to just like break it out that naturally in a game and he was doing this last year too he just looks even more polished than last year yeah he looks more dialed in it's just fun to watch another USC player act like that on the field. It's not the first time I've seen it happen. Matt Liner was another huge one. And um, Reggie Bush was massive. Yeah. Reggie was was special, dude. I mean, unreal. How many times he would just break tackles. Kind of would revolutionize the running game in college where he would like kind of do the Le'Veon Bell, slow down the offensive line side and kind of see a gap and just had that three, four-step quickness and they're out of there. Like nothing ever happened. Or um, they won't even do that, and they'll just like if he doesn't like what he sees, he'll just do a complete, complete opposite end around and just outrun everyone. Yeah, it was it was so much <laughs> fun though. So Reggie would get the ball, and you're like, dude, this guy is going to score every time he touched the ball. But um, talking about like how to predict if players are going to translate in the um, you know overall space. Sorry for the folks here on my brain freeze. We and Andrew have a sizable three-team parlay going at NHL hockey, and uh, Vegas just missed a wide-open power. Could not be any more wide-open. For, basically, for the ice, ice it for us, so that was tough to see. But to translate talent from the um, NBA to pro, it, it, they have a good idea. NFL to, you know, or college to NFL seems to be a hit and miss. Sometimes. 
it seems like baseball is very much hit and miss. Yeah. Football is very much hit and miss. Because you can strike gold on a guy that's in the fifth round. I mean, it could be. I mean, Brock Purdy is a perfect example of this. Um, yeah, last dude. pick in the draft. And he looks like he could be. He looks fantastic. Top tier quarterback right now. He's in the top 10 for sure. There's no doubt about it. Yes, he's got a ton of playmakers. Yes, he's got Kyle Shanahan. But he's still got to make the reads and still got to make the throws. And he throws it downfield often. But anyways, NHL, college hockey, overseas hockey, Canadian hockey, going to the NHL, seems to have the most accuracy. And I really don't understand why because Connor Bedard came out tonight, started for the Chicago Blackhawks, number one overall. People don't know who he is. He's supposed to be the next Wayne Gretzky. Um, he's, sp- he's supposed to be the guy. Yeah, he's supposed to be the next... Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, Alex right. Ovechkin, um, Connor McDavid. He's the next big, big thing. Right. Um, and watching him start the first hockey game, you could tell like, this guy can play. And it's his first game, super young. I just don't understand why NHL is so good at predicting talent. I, I think it's just because of all the um, other leagues they have, other professional leagues they can tell, and all the games and like uh, Canada hockey must be that good where they, they're getting enough looks and talent and reps for them to be. Here's the problem is that I only, I only watch NHL. That's one of the problems. I have no idea what else is going on. Right. I don't know the youth leagues. I think it's like soccer. I think it's, a, I think NHL is a lot like, like the hockey is a lot like soccer in that way where, um, they have a lot of off seasons and travel and other leagues and doing other things where they have a good assessment of talent mm-hmm. and hockey seems to get it right. Like a lot, a lot where like kids are like 23 years old and they're like their best player on their team right now, 25 years old. Yeah. And you have guys playing to like 35 playing hockey, mm-hmm. 36 playing hockey. Yeah. Some of these guys turn pro and they're like 17, 18 years old. Connor Bedard's 18, right? I think so. He's young. Like super young. Yeah, I don't I don't think he went and to college. He just went straight for into like the semi professional league, played one year there, his seventeen, eighteen year old league, and then got drafted as an eighteen year old. Yeah, it's just I it's crazy the life you have to live and how talented you gotta be right off the start. It's a combination of like being blessed, like the Lord just came down and blessed this person with the skill and knowledge totally. how to do it totally, but also totally. it's the work maybe um maybe it's it's much easier to put in the work in hockey just like it is basketball you can do a lot of individual stuff you can do a lot of, a lot of individual passing and and uh puck handling you know deking yeah, those, like, fake like ice things i see it's used. hard to do that in football you can't do it in football. You, you need to have to like a team. team. You need to have like a simu like a, a like a you know simulated like seven on seven mini offense. Mm-hmm. You know you gotta, you need to have someone else to like throw you the ball so you can run routes. If you're a receiver, you have to have a, re- a good receiver to play cornerback. Like it's hard to just like work on things because you need another person and you need other people there. Yeah, where you can really just work on you know you can throw a football against a wall for a quarterback all day long hit the x hit the x hit the x you know but it doesn't really matter that right. much because it's, it has so much to do with the reads and moving in the pocket 
and understanding the game, what the defense is giving you. Totally. It's um it might be interesting to see how um a, not AI, but um like the Oculus yeah might play into football as a quarterback cuz you might just be able to sit there and like just read defenses in live time in your own POV and be able to check receivers and stuff like that instead of watching film. That's a good way of I, I didn't even actually think about that. Like if you were, I bet you they're doing that now though. There is a there is like an Oculus football. Yeah. Very much like what I'm talking about. You're a quarterback, you can see the team and stuff like that, but it's not wait till it gets to a place where they can read your hand motion, you can start fake throwing passes. As an offensive lineman, you can maybe play as a certain person and practice that way. But yeah, football's hard. Like as an offensive lineman, how do you get reps? Yeah, I don't yeah, it's, I think that's why it's so difficult. But it's also crazy too because these guys will play four years in college and they'll be 22 years old and then they still get it wrong, which is crazy. Right, like, oh, this guy's the guy, you know, out of whatever. And, you, and sure, yeah, maybe you have, like, a Victor Webb and Yama and, like, yeah, this dude's an absolute phenom. Yeah. Right, like, I that's, mean, that's clear as day to see. But, like, any other first-round picks in the NBA, they seem to always have a pretty good handle on them. Even they're even when they're coming out of like high school or first year in college, where like the reps aren't even all that aren't even all there, they usually get it pretty right. Yeah, I mean basketball seems like because if you can see athletic ability, you're like okay, well basketball will mm-hmm. come. If you can somewhat play basketball, will be there. Athletic ability is like pretty, you know, Webinyama is a perfect example of that. Like the guy can has the tangibles, he can play ball, but he's also just an athletic freak. Right. But hockey, these guys aren't, like, athletic freaks. They're very athletic, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's just it's just hard for me to see how, like, it translates so well. Because mm-hmm. they didn't look like they haven't gotten it wrong in the last couple of years, like, you know, with these players. But Yeah, a few years ago, it was everyone was talking about Connor McDavid. Right, that's all everyone could talk about. Skates like Connor McDavid, hands like this person. So, it, I mean, NHL is in a good space right now. We're actually uh, getting more into it. Just joined a hockey league ourselves. I love it. I love it, and I'm instantly already more on board. And then you also kicked kicked it off with a little uh, a little bet for opening night as well. And so, yeah, we're getting real touchy you know go what? on this opening. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> you know what? Um, I started. I actually have been watching hockey the last two years. Um, yeah, you have. You've been watching in the playoffs, trying to get me to watch it with you in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and it's legit. It's legit. It's very, very refreshing, and I will say this because I know we're probably going to move on to something else, but while we're talking about hockey, and I'm loving that we're doing the Fantasy League, more more eyes, I'm going to be tracking the games right. more. I'm going to get more familiar with the guys and players. But it's so just The storyline re- gets built for you a bit more in the yeah, professional. exactly. And like, it's refreshing to see guys playing that hard. It's refreshing to see. Yeah, like the it feels like hockey has just gotten better offensively, and is still very physical. Totally, very hard nose. Like people are still throwing, play. throwing hands all over the place. Fights are breaking out. Like it feels like it's still a physical game, but they just offense and has just gotten so much better. You, and yeah, you rarely see a two-one now. No, it's a lot of like four twos. Yeah. Three ones. I've even seen teams r- throw up seven goals in a game pretty consistently. 
that's like when it gets fun. Like just get the offense slightly better, which they're in a place like hockey's in a great spot right now. I really think they, you know, they just got a brand new superstar on a major market. Um, it's only going to help grow the game for them. I think it's a great spot that he landed over in Chicago. It's a good spot for him. Major market um, city is like one of the greatest cities, and I personally haven't been there. I really want to go. Chicago is supposed I do to too. be. Me too. Didn't you go to Chicago for uh Yeah, but it's like during winter time, bro. Yeah, where it's just like I'm like not really counting that. Did you get like um I've gone twice to Chicago and it's it is the windy city. It is cold. Right. Over there. It, I mean, you know me. I don't do well in the cold. No. It is not a place for me. <laughs> the boy does not do well over there. Dude, I mean it's snowing mm-hmm. and like the wind chill is like, you know, down to twelve degrees. You're like, what is going on? How does anyone function in that city during That's the winter? Classic, dude. You know, and so I would love to go there in the springtime. So I'm actually able to like, where you're actually able to go do things. Like you can't go do anything. You just need to like always put chains in your car. You're like scared to drive anywhere just because right. we're a bunch of West Coast boys over here. We see the little snow, we start freaking out. I mean, I'm not driving in the snow. Yeah, it's scary. I, I don't know how to drive in the snow. Get I me put on chains on, bro, and I, I, my car was slipping still. Really? Yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, dude, it was not safe. Start car like hydroplaning. I'm like, what the fuck is? What's the point of these chains then? <laughs> <laughs> what, am, what am I? Why am I over there giving my like hands frostbite putting this shit on? Oh. <laughs> and I'm still sliding all over the place. Were you I mean, in the car with Katie at that point? Yeah, it happened one time, and it really wasn't even that big of a deal because I was like on a side road, like, and they didn't have Going any up paved. The mountains. No, 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 no. It was okay. like in a, it was in a neighborhood. Okay. So it wasn't like manicured or salted or whatever the hell they, they do. Right. Throw a but bunch still, of water on it. But still, I'm going like 10 miles an hour with chains on. I'm like, how the hell do, do I not have traction right, right. now? How, how, how do people do this type yeah. of vibe? It's, it's kind of crazy. Totally. Um, but yeah, it, I, it seems like they got some great fans over in Chicago too, though. Yeah, some people who really are going to get behind him, which would be great. And uh, cheering him on, which is, you know, another little to- uh, topic on mental for uh, athletes. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube series called Fixing Frankie. It's about a um, guy on four-play golf. He's like a mental case in the, you know, in the golf space. Has the yips with chipping. Has an issue with, like, his mental side and positive self-talk. So he hired a mental coach to help teach him. I think we've talked about it before, but they mm-hmm. came out with a new episode. Mm-hmm. And um, after the episode, the tips he gave were great. Some great putting tips um, that I tried because I felt like I was getting the yips a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it helped me out a lot. I only missed one really bad close one that, you know, I probably could have made but um, didn't make it. But I was able to bounce back from it really quick, which was just stare at your line, draw a hold of the, um, draw a hold of the top of the ball, and pick a dimple and and say uh say make, make it, it. Mm-hmm. but i like the way he said go. it it wasn't like a make it it wasn't like an inflection it's just make it yeah it was a statement it wasn't like it's it and it, it, it wasn't it inf- wasn't a hype up it wasn't a this or that it was literally just telling yourself that you're going to make it just make it just make it yeah and you know what it really did help when i was a little nervous over it. i'm like just make it and just bang it in to the back of the cup and it feels I, like it gives you a little bit more freedom Right. For sure. It frees you up. It helps. It, it's fake confidence because, you know, in reality, like it's not that easy. 
but you know it helps kind of trick your brain that moment when there's no calm and you're like what about this and i'm overeating a four-footer and this and that and you're just you're not in it like your brain's somewhere else and you have to step over the putt it helps you like walk back in and just make it sure there's plenty of times where i'll stand over a four-footer mm-hmm. and i don't know where it's going right and i and can't it- tell where it's breaking i can't tell and like how much do i play inside or do i play edge of the cup and like at some point you just need to commit to a line if i'm that confused over it and it seems genuinely straight i just say hit it i'll just just hit it mm-hmm. like get put put the ball end over end and put and it a foot or a foot and a half past just try to just and then I say just hit it and i get over the ball and make it yeah and i just if you do that most of the time it, it takes the breakout to a place where it's not you're not going to snap huge off a hole off a mm-hmm. of very you know hit, hitting it a little harder yeah, but um, I took I took away that nugget as well because I watched that video too. I was um, I, I thought the first two videos were were great because that was when they were having their initial yes like prep and talk and all that kind of stuff. This and one this, was more about performance anxiety. Yeah, which I liked a lot because I've been having a little bit okay. of that. Um, what else did you take? For, what else did you take from it? Just like how it's impossible to have a good day every day. Like, I shot, you know, I was high, shot 78, 79, like an 80-something. I was just out of my mind playing really well and then just expected that of me. Mm-hmm. When, in reality, I just had a lot of good days from practice, like, leading up to it. Instead of just thinking, like, you know, my my good round should be, like, I shot an 83. My okay round's, like, an 85. Like not, I didn't have my best day at 87 and 90s. Like, I just couldn't hit the golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what course I play. So I was trying to lower my expectations. Um, they talked a lot about managing your expectations in that, actually. Yeah, just like not it's coming cool. out. We've talked about that plenty of times on the podcast, actually. And so I thought it was pretty cool that it was a... Uh, we're not talking about just straight nonsense over here. <laughs> yeah, like you just have to come in with the idea knowing that you're just not going to have it all that day and understanding what that looks like. And I think that's a huge difference. I think if you watch those mental videos as an amateur golfer who can hit the golf ball, like you can go around and you can hit the golf ball, you shoot like a 101 or 102 pretty often, I feel like you would shave off five or six strokes easy from watching these videos. Mm-hmm. Just from the mental side of the game, my mental of the game has changed so much. Like, for example, over the weekend I went and played another tournament. It was the best ball tournament between me and my cousin. Yeah. And my driver just left me. Like which co- is so strange for you. Couldn't find the driver face, which, you know, maybe it was an injury on my hand a bit. So I was trying to make up with other other things, but gone. Like I'm missing left, high and left, short and left, like duffing it almost. Yeah, which is crazy for you because usually the driver is probably next to you, maybe your putter when you're rolling it well the best club in your bag. Yeah, it's I don't really miss by much. And if I can almost. 95 percent of the time tell you my ball flight Mm -hmm. and i know about how far i'm going to hit it and i can almost sort of work out a draw if i absolutely need to Mm -hmm. i I mean i'm not great at it but i can i can at least try to work one in there so every once in a while um am i normally i feel like my old self as a golfer would have been gone mentally like i would have been like i suck at golf this is all awful 
Instead, I kind of just stay in my pocket and just mentally knew it was going to come back to me at some point. And just to go back to my swing thoughts and not... Um, Abandon ship. Right. Not not code red, burn all the files. You're right. And sure as shit, like, came right back to me. After, like, six, seven holes, I was able to find the driver again and was able to help us out on the back nine and uh, put us at a 79 for the day, which was great. But it's, also, good. it's a good round for you, too. Yeah, a great round for us. Mm-hmm. We, I, we never get close like that with a best ball. Um, Mikey had a great stretch of holes that really helped us out when I was going like double, double, bogey, double, yeah. or whatever. When the when the driver was gone, I couldn't hit anything. Um, but another thing my mental couldn't take was my, one of the people we were playing against in our foursome. Um, a new partner, I'm not going to use his name, we're just going to call him Bill. So Bill, right, Bill, what you got? Bill used to play with um, my cousin and my uncle back in the day a lot before I joined the club. Okay. Um, he was a fun guy to play with, a little bit of a loose cannon on the course. Okay. Likes to have himself a, a two, three pops for sure. And, two, um, three pops, like shots of alcohol? Yeah, I mean, lots. I'm just like, you know, just underselling it. Dude's, dude's a drinker. Okay, got it. Dude, dude loves to have some. Like, ran the cart into a fence, bent the fence one time. Guy likes to party. Um, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Yeah, this guy, this guy is a loose cannon. And um, Jesus Christ, that's my uncle's that's... normal playing partner is gone. Okay, he has a hurt back. We don't know if he'll ever return. Um, mm. so he had to pick up, you Sounds know, like Bob, and uh, me and him. We have had very few interactions with each other, and I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of tough to be paired up with someone like that when you're playing, like, semi-competitive golf, and, like, the vibe is totally, totally in the wrong and different. Yeah, it's just not my normal group that we usually have, not the normal banter. Um, the vibes are off, and he and him and I, you can tell there's friction there. Okay. Um. So you guys kind of get into it a little bit? A little bit. Okay. We Interesting. Know, I'm trying to, you know, maybe it's my self-judgment of him and, you know, I might have caused some of this issue for being too judgmental on my part, but he's a bit of a mooch too. A little bit of a broke boy, which is totally fine, but he'll like, if you're getting a drink, he'll be like, oh, get me one. Mm. And then you'd be like, what? Or he'll like... Like you're the bartender's pouring a drink ready, and he'll walk up and be like, "All right, one for me too." That's just such a weird. And the bartender's way. done it, like like none the guy for doing it so many times. Like I'll ring you up after this. Really? Like so he he's known for doing stuff like this Damn. as well. And uh, so I'm not playing great, and he likes to talk. And you know it's not so per, so tight where people don't talk in your backswing. People do. It's not loud. But there's whispers going on. People try their best not to talk sure. close to you in their backswing. You know, that there's there's it's normally good about it. He doesn't get that. If he's not near you, you can hear him behind you. He's fucking with the cart. He's, you know, making noise. So like three holes in a row, he like talked in my backswing or did something in my backswing. First one said something, pissed me off. 
Second one, he did something pissed me off. The third one really got to me. He was walking away. I'm putting for bogey. It doesn't matter. Mikey's already in for par. I'm just trying to do it for my mental to get in the hole. Yeah. Get and the rep in. He makes a loud noise as he's walking away. Like basically screams essentially. And I whiff the putt. And I'm like, oh, it's like not like what I wanted. I'm like not already playing great. And I just wanted to see that ball drop just to, for my own scorecard. Also, also, if he's just yelling at nothing, like what what the hell? Right. So I kind of let it go. And he also was talking to my golf ball every time I'm hitting it or putting it. It's like, oh, it's a great putt. That's in. And then it goes like five, six feet past. Like, I wouldn't, like if I'm not a huge fan of you, I don't want you talking to my golf ball. Yeah. I don't know why that is because I, I don't know why that bugs me. <laughs> I gonna... But I hate it. I hate it like when, because it gives me false hope of what what just happened, and you're like kind of like making me ride this like emotional roller coaster. Mm. I'm like, oh, that was such a great putt. I got robbed instead of my head. Like I knew it wasn't that great of a putt. But anyway, so next hole, he's putting for birdie. He's lining it up. Mikey's also putting for birdie. He's lining it up. Okay, they're kind of in the same Good area. Looks. Good looks. Yeah, both like far chances like. 15, 20 feet. He's like 15, 16 feet. Mikey's 13, 12. Oh, good, good looks. Um, Mikey's staying on the wrong side of the ball. He's staying nowhere near behind this guy. We're, they're, they're very similar lines. And he's lining his putt up. He's not hitting it yet. I go, Mike, come over here real quick. And um, Blue looks at me and he goes, oh, talking in my birdie putt, huh? Oh, my God. He's not even standing over it? Not even lining it up. Like, not putting it yet. This guy is just out... Outrageous. He's got no he's got no regard. Outrageous. Where so, is the where is the awareness? That's where that's a big bugaboo for me. Right. And I don't know if I say something immediately. Mm, uh, you might. Or sure. I say something after. Okay. I think I say something after. Mm-hmm. He misses the putt. He says something to me again. I don't really remember why. And I go like blue. Oh, damn. Bob. <laughs> That's good. No one's going to listen to this anyway. So <laughs> fuck you anyways. Um, Bob. Um, well, you were just saying a random color. So. Right. And I'm not saying anything crazy. Uh, Bob, you know, you've been talking nonstop in my backswing and everybody else's. Truthfully, you haven't shut up about it. <laughs> Is that what you laid into yeah. him? Yeah. Like, oh. Truthfully, you haven't <laughs> shut up once since I've been playing. You've talked in like three or four of my backswings. And he's like, well, truthfully, if I didn't know that, I'm like, well, clearly you didn't know it because you continue to do it. Right. And you, were, <laughs> and you weren't even lined the putt up yet. Like, you weren't even putting yet. Like, and, and like, I don't know what your issue is. And we walk away, and he's like, well, I guess I shouldn't talk in your bogey putts while, you know, I putt for birdie Oh, or so he did know what was going on. So, like, so I, then he does know. So he, he says something. Jesus Christ. He says something like, you know, I just kind of wave it off. And I just at that point, it was FU mode. I didn't really talk to him. I was trying to be cordial, which was fine. But the vibes were off right when I did that. Like, immediately put him in a really bad mood because I called Good. him out. The dick had it and, coming. And he was playing Unreal, and his game went south. <laughs> as soon Good. as I said something, Good. He, w- he started playing so bad. And uh, I never wish for anything bad to happen to anyone, but it, when someone is being bl- like blatantly that rude and unaware and just being, quite frankly, just a dick, like I don't 
I, all cards are now off the table. I don't think he was expecting me to say something to him. Right, but like at the end of the day, like I just don't give a shit. Right. Like you're you not know. gonna you're not gonna interact with him very much anymore. No, I'm getting to this age now where like people are kind of being dicks to me. Is that I what have, happens when we get older. I'm kind of no problem throwing <laughs> it back a bit, <laughs> just because you realize at the end of the day, like these people that you are dicks to like that, like they're being rude to you, they're trying to take something or hurt you, like being a little like standing up for yourself and saying something back, like appeases the thoughts I have later. Sure. Like, if I go home and that happened to me, I'm like, I'll have, like, a self-argument about ten times over in my head. And you're never going to forgive yourself as well because you didn't say anything. Right. And then it's like, well, I can't let people just do that to me. Yada, yada, yada. Sure. And um, by hole 17, um, my uncle and Bob have a huge fight. Because they're riding the cart together. They're riding huh? the cart together. My uncle just made a birdie putt for the program. And no celebration at all coming from the camp. Wow. No like high fives. And I'm and I know there's friction in that cart and I am playing into it. <laughs> oh no, buddy. <laughs> I and I know there's that I would feel uh I'd feel weird, but I'd love hearing about this later. I um I'm like oh I'm like really hyping my partner up. I'm getting the team going. Like I'm like, hey, you know what? I played bad there. What apart from my partner clapping it up on the on the putting green, you know, I'm right. just all time just in this guy's grill. And he is blatantly cheating too. No, he's not. Blatantly cheating. And I've caught I caught him two or three times. My uncle caught him two or three times. Like coming up and being like, Oh, I got we're playing best ball and he um shot like a bogey on something or a double and he went oh, i got a bogey there when it doesn't even matter to lie or cheat because like putting a double if yeah because you your uncle's already in for par right it doesn't matter so technically like you're lying for no reason and you're hurting yourself because if you would just giving yourself a double you're technically patting your handicap which is true sure and so you're like lying as an idiot you're like oh bogey for me and also why well and also why would you lie in an instance and I mean, to not give you an edge. Wouldn't, right. you, wouldn't you lie to that, give yourself an edge? That's like, I'm like, this guy's a, f- <laughs> this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, he like ends up putting one in the water, duffing it, chipping it short, missing a putt, and making a putt. And everyone, clearly it was a five. And calm on that. Walked up, ball was near the water. He picks it up and puts it on a second shelf on a clean spot, not in the water. Ask him if it's in the water. Because if it was in the water and he dropped one, he could put it where he wants. He's like, no, it was safe. I'm like, okay. So you just move the ball Jeez. near the green. Like, yeah. not like, oh, I'm on a route back here off the fairway, you know, on the other side of the course. He's like right next to the green. Right. Um, tried to, he played, didn't play his own ball. We caught him using my cousin's ball in the hole. Oh, my God. Like, dude's just. And He's wilding. <laughs> and I was like wondering if there's worse things. In golf than being paired with somebody that you just don't vibe with in the golf realm because it's just so hard to yeah there's just so much downtime and interaction right and you need that like you need those vibes around you to be good and the people need around you so, need to have you, fun you're hanging out with people. buddies you're doing a doing a very laid back activity but in this sense it's semi competitive right so you which even well. it, it even more exacerbates it. 
I agree with you. There's really nothing more, nothing worse. But yeah, um, you know what was really funny? What kind of stirred up a little quick memory was when you were talking about, you know what? Just I need to throw it back at people a little bit more often. And you know what? The best, one of the coolest things that I saw when we were playing over at Costa Mesa semi recently was when Cameron fired back at the dudes that were hitting golf balls into us. On yeah, the, on the I, you know, because I would have never done anything like that. And Cameron said something. And I was like... And I don't remember the exact, like, verbiage that he was throwing out there. It was like, you know, you can easily... Like, well, you got to wait for us to get off the hole. And they're like, oh, we didn't know. And he's like... Bullshit, hmm. we're standing right on the green. How come you didn't know? Don't... You're blind. Right. Are you and telling was, me you're blind? It's something like... Something very offensive. And right. And the, the guy other, shut up quick. And the other dude's like, you know, five, oh, sorry, sorry. And he's like, no, you're not. You just hit a ball right at us. Right. And it's not like we're, it's not like we're we're waiting on everybody too. So it wasn't like we were just sitting there with a thousand holes open in front of us. Right. We were the last. We're not playing through. slow. We're the whole course is playing slow. And it's like, dude, you already waited five to ten minutes on the tee box. You couldn't wait fifteen more seconds for us to like Pack get it up, get out of like your firing range. Yeah. And I love that. And yeah. I love that. And see, when he goes home, and I bet you. Most of the time, he doesn't even worry about that. But, like, if you're on the receiving end of that, yeah. you're, you're, like... You're he, chalked. You're chalked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're chalked for a while. There's times where I'll still think of things that, like, I wish I would have said to somebody back in the day, and I didn't. I really wish that we did a little bit more with the dude that was hitting golf balls into us at Mile Square that one time. Yeah, I think... We uh, almost... Dude, you, you wanted to wait for him on the 18th tee. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 buddy. We're getting out of here. We're not doing that right, right. now. Right. I just remember that dude just, we should have, I mean, we should have said something, but. Well, you yelled back at him. I almost went to go hit his golf ball out of bounds. I mean, he was just. You stopped terror. me. I was running right after it. Yeah, the first time <laughs> he hit into us, you were. Because we were standing in the middle of the fairway. Right. And he was just like, you got to hurry it up. You got to hurry it up. Yelling at us. Like, bro. We're, you're playing so slow, blah, blah, blah. And it, like, I wish. I either won, hit the golf ball back at him. We were playing. Sl- the reason why maybe we didn't is because we were playing slightly slower. We're still on pace for four and a half hours, though, I remember. Yeah, that is true. Because we did have some golfers with us who were kind of new. And you know what, though? It's not like we were like two holes behind. We were like probably a shot behind. behind. Yeah. A shot is because maybe we were looking for a golf ball. I don't remember the exact reasonings, but wish I threw it back at him a little bit more oh, because man. that dude was a dick. Yes. Yeah, he's like, we'll remember that, but he won't ever. I doubt he ever thinks about when he was a dick at Costa Mesa. Nah, it's just who he is. Right. Or Miles Square is actually at. But um, awesome, buddy. I think that, you know, we touched on all the little topics here we want to talk about. I think now it's time for everybody's favorite segment called the Faders. <laughs> Um, faders here. We're zero and three. We lost last week's bet, which was Washington to win and the under. And of course, Washington lost. I'm seeing a trend right and now. And it was the over. Yeah, seeing so, a trend here. Y'all are a three and zero. You're welcome. Yeah, we're zero and three over here. The Fader next, picks. The next game is gonna be the Chiefs versus Broncos for Thursday night. Remember, we we bet uh, we bet Thursday night for the, everybody else. We're personally betting everything else, but we're just gonna give Thursday night picks for the people here. We're going to go with the first quarter over at nine and a half points. So they need to score 10 combined total points in the first quarter. And uh, two touchdown throws from Russell Wilson. I think this actually has a good shot. Russell, 
has thrown over two touchdowns every game yeah, or two, two besides two or more. one. Mm-hmm. And he did it against the Jets, which is arguably a better defense than the Chiefs. I would say so. Yeah. As far as secondary goes, yeah. And nine points doesn't seem like a – like I feel like one touchdown and a field goal can easily happen in this game. Uh, Chiefs can get the ball first, quick touchdown. If Broncos can squeak away with a field goal or, or give the ball back quickly, that'd mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. But um, you got any of the people here, buddy? Besides th- how bad your back is and you need an MRI. And yeah, well. You're going to get that fixed at some we're gonna, point? Yeah, we're going to get that fixed at some point. We got to really – I don't know what to do. I mean, I feel like my days are just numbered at this point. I feel like once you get this, <laughs> once you get this MRI, and then you realize you have like a slipped disc. I don't know what comes next. Yeah, maybe surgery, or they just go clip it off, or I don't know what they do. You know, I'm, I I go back and forth and think. You know, if it's this bad, I hope something's wrong. If they go, if I go in there and they say nothing's wrong. I'm shitting bricks. Yeah, then there's something there's something scary going on. And I'm like, what the f- what is happening then? There's gonna be something wrong. Um, yeah, you know what? We can we can talk about it another time. But I do want to talk about here that is really it's a big game, and we got the Bolts coming up here against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a big game. I think it's, it's one of these huge. I think it's uh, one of these games where we have. A great opportunity to take it to a good to great to bad team. They like the Cowboys really fluctuate, but overall the Cowboys have some talent. And if we can't get a W coming off a bye week, so that we have two weeks to prepare, I think that doesn't really show. After good. the Cowboys had a really bad week, and so they're probably going to look to bounce back. Yeah, um, I think we're going to get their best. I think Dak is going to like figure it out our the Chargers secondary is just sometimes in shambles. I mean it, it's one of the worst in the NFL as you can come. Um but if we can't get a W against the Cowboys off off a of bye week, the Cowgirls. Uh yeah, dude, it's it's I think it it's one of those like season deciding type games. I wow. I think this is a big one. If you're if the charge on the table type of if game. I think yeah if well being a Chargers fan here if if I think that we're gonna go far into the playoffs and have a successful season I think you gotta like put your nuts on the table in this game I think it's one of those I think that's one of those matchups you got to you gotta come up there slap them things on the table and look them in the eye <laughs> and Justin Herbert needs to play like Justin Herbert. He's also got a little broken finger right now. Yeah, it's I on his it. non-throwing hand. I know he'll shake that off, dude. He will. He will. Um, but yeah, dude, I think it's. Uh, I also just hate the Cowboys. So, yeah. big game, big I game for the boys. It. So that's what I got for the people. Awesome. Um, you know, like, comment, subscribe. You guys know the drill. It's on all major platforms. In the cabbage, Instagram, Twitter, soon to be YouTube. It's that's coming. Baby. It's all gonna happen here. Um, you know, shout out to Devin and, uh, Jake for helping us out with all of our graphics and all their stuff is linked in our episodes. So please check them out as well. Can I give, can we give a little early shout out to Davey baby? Yes. Davis is building the website for us. He's, he's the man. Um, we're going to be linking his Airbnb, the beautiful Palm Springs, La Quinta area. The greens. It's called the, the greens. Ooh, love that. Um, you know. We're in the cabbage. Just a reminder, keep swinging.